0: your picks have been horrible man it's the point it's the point of the show isn't, isn't it? it isn't it's it? it it's, it's possible it? i don't understand what this podcast
1: is about
2: poppycock
1: the fuck out on a weekly basis we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind
0: poppycock what story <laughs> what story you're talking about do you want lunch I have yet to laugh in this movie I'll just tell you that you picked this motherfucker so...
1: <laughs> just remember that you know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit unbelievable unremarkable shit so I was legitimately offended you were I offended. was offended. I, I didn't know you could get offended I was offended this did it If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all (laughs) over.
0: Welcome to Cinephobe Addendum, Filing Appeal Edition, whatever the hell we're calling this extra edition of Cinephobe Daredevil. We thought about
1: this shit long and hard, man. Don't fuck it up. What is it called again? The Addendum? No, we're filing an appeal. The Addendum was disclosure.
0: We're filing an appeal just like Ben Affleck did in Daredevil when he went to go harass Jennifer Garner. I'm your host, Zach Harper. Anthony Mays is here. Amin al-Hassan is here. And we're joined... By our guest, friend of the show, girlfriend of me, it's Aaron Darling Taralva, comedian, writer, actor, podcaster, the hot pizza ass podcast, TikToker of its Conspiracy Seriously podcast, which has like a million followers or something like that. And it's breaking down pop culture conspiracies left and right. And Aaron is an expert In comic book nerds, because Erin was part of Con TV with Cynodyne. She did, quote, dude entertainment centric outlets like AMC and Crave and all kinds of stuff. She's been to multiple comic cons. (laughs) Where are you reading this from? Like, Who wrote this? My notes that I poorly scribbled. Some of it's legible. (laughs) Aaron, welcome to Cinephobe.
2: Thank you. I would like to do an addendum to that introduction. Yeah, maybe
0: you can introduce yourself a little better. Yeah,
2: so I'm not an expert in any of this, but I have a lot of experience, I guess, like covering comic book nerd types of movies, but certainly not an expert
0: in, <laughs> in Daredevil. Right. Not an expert in Daredevil no, or comic no. books themselves, just no. the nerds who like them, because you, as you've said... You've been to multiple Comic
1: Cons in multiple cities.
2: Yes. What's
1: that like?
2: What's it like being at a Comic Con?
1: What does virginity smell like when it's concentrated? (laughs) In those amounts, Jergens.
2: You know, it's actually the opposite. It's like a little freaky deaky shit happens at comic cons and what? nerd conventions. You guys, I remember one time I was working at this one in Texas, actually, and I was doing a comic con there, filming a bunch of content for one of these dude-centric outlets that I was working for. And I remember I could not sleep because the nerds in the room around me were banging like hardcore, and Wait.
0: In the rooms with an S? Plural? Like surround sound banging?
2: I didn't know if it was multiple rooms or if it was just one couple, but it was super, super loud. And luckily we are in San Antonio and some of my family is there. So like the next night I just stayed with them, but like I could not sleep because it sounded like they were like next to me. You know what I'm saying?
1: Was it just noises or did they use actual words?
2: I could not understand the actual words, but it was like sex noises.
0: So it was in Klingon. Yes. It wasn't like a Chewbacca noise when the dude came or something like that. No. (laughs) Okay.
3: Yeah, because that's the thing about Comic-Cons is that it's all the nerds are on the same level. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're having to deal with hotties and bros all the time. They get to just
1: be the king of the arena. Amin disagrees. I went to Star Wars celebration twice, right? And the second time I went, because I had to pretend I was working, I decided to carry some equipment with me and said I was going to do a podcast. And so (laughs) I roamed around, and one of the rooms they had was speed dating.
2: Oh, my God.
1: I interviewed the guy who throws it, and he's like, turns out this guy is like the ultimate mercenary. He does one at all the Comic-Cons. He does a Marvel-based one. He does a Star Wars one. He does a Star Trek one. It's like whatever the convention is, he finds his niche and sort it out. And so I asked him, like, well like do they find love he's like yeah yeah a lot of them do but like there's still kind of like layers to this shit basically and even as i observed the proceedings i was like yeah she's definitely a lot hotter than everybody else in this
2: room (laughs) it happens well also now like nerd stuff is mainstream so it's not just like nerds hanging out at conventions it's like the cool kids are now infiltrating. But are they? Yes. Oh, Comic-Con is all like industry parties now. Okay. It's not like what you think it is. Probably.
0: <laughs> Here's what I think it is. Okay. Cause I've never been to any of these. What I imagine is just like a bunch of furries and like people in costumes,
1: like just hoping to talk to a woman.
2: That's not at all what it is. Okay. No.
1: I mean, look, some of these women, they're in costume and, these costumes, yeah, file. I just assume they're paid models no, to go no, dress no, 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 like... No. Okay. no, 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 All like, right. These are people, who, like, they're in, it. they're into it, man. It's like I right. said, like, yeah. this is mainstream now. All right.
0: So, Aaron, is there, like, a weirdest moment where you've said something and you just can't believe that comic book nerds or, or any of these kind of people have gotten upset about it? Because I would imagine as a woman doing this stuff, like, you're held to a different standard of... Talking about this stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just called being a woman on the internet, like that strange oh, sure. phenomenon of being right. a woman on the internet. A lot of the times people don't understand always that I have a journalism degree. So I would get these jobs sometimes, not necessarily because I was an expert, but because I was good at being on camera and interviewing people. So you get these like entertainment jobs and you prep and you do stuff, but like I'm not an expert. In some, in every single category of entertainment or whatever, you know, like I grew up on Star Wars, but like I don't know Star Trek, so I'm not like the best person. Like that's why you have a producer, you have people that give you notes and stuff like that. And so yeah, I've definitely been like freaking ripped apart in the comment section for sure. I think the best uh, negative comment I ever heard about myself was that someone would rather eat a rotten aborted fetus than listen to me talk. <laughs> Yeah, someone said that.
1: You know what you should have done? Not a
2: fresh one. Dared him?
1: No, not even dare. You show up with a rotten aborted fetus. Like game on. It is like
3: here you go. I'll shut up. You go.
0: You eat I'll it. I'll start talking yeah. the moment you eat it. I will
3: stop. Aaron, did you ever wear costumes at these Comic-Cons?
2: I did it one time. I think it was my first Comic-Con, and I have a friend that's an amazing cosplayer. And so I think my last day there for a segment, a video segment that we were doing, I did Emma Frost from X-Men First Class. Mm. And that's yeah. the only time that I've done it. So the January Jones uh, yeah. Emma Frost. So okay. I think I still have that costume somewhere. I think I have, like... Or I might have donated it. I'm not sure. I think I gave it to one of my cross-dressing friends yeah, the boots, actually. The white
1: boots, the knee-high white yeah. boots and the blue dress, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You could be
3: Emma Frost and Zach could be Mr. Freeze. It'd be the perfect couple. <laughs> oh, what a uh, what
0: that, a cool idea. Oh
1: shit, you stole my life.
0: <laughs> that would be really cool. I guess let's get into your thoughts on this movie. Let me try to find some
3: text messages. As you were watching this movie. So, and you watched this by yourself, right? You didn't watch it with Zach.
2: Yeah, because Zach has a very extensive note taking process. I did not want to spend three hours on this movie. I wanted to get it over with. And I, you know, I'd never seen it prior. So I was assuming it wasn't going to be that great. My assumption was correct <laughs> for my viewing purposes, at least. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So I watched it on Monday before Zach watched it. As I was watching it, I was actually mad that I agreed to do this show. And to I Cineform. let. I let him know.
3: Welcome to Cinéphobe.
2: I think Zach is going to read some messages that I sent while I was watching so you guys can get a state of my my mind when I was viewing.
3: Anger is one of the first stages of cinéphobe. <laughs> Monday, 8:28
0: p.m. I have to watch Daredevil now. 8:43. This movie is already so bad. I responded, I actually've never seen it. She said, "You'll be annoyed that you had to watch it. Let's just put it this way." In the last 10 minutes since you sent me the text, I thought it was at least 30 minutes. Wow, that movie was so bad. That's pretty damn. Did you pause at any point to take notes or were you just trying to get through it?
2: I did not pause to take notes, but I do have notes on my phone. And the only reason why I wasn't more specific in the text messages is because I know Zach hadn't watched it yet, and I didn't want to give uh, anything away. So we haven't actually—we right? haven't discussed this movie. This no. will be the first time that we talk about it because I kind of I wanted to just have fresh takes, and I didn't want to my great ideas to go to Zach, who would steal them. So
3: wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Because Zach wasn't meeting your Daredevil needs earlier in the week, did you have to turn elsewhere to find somebody else to talk to about Daredevil? About Daredevil, right, yeah.
2: You know what? I don't know anyone that's seen it or remembers it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> there was one friend. I have one friend. What about like
3: a blind man on the street? Did you yeah. ask him what he felt like? One blind man.
2: I have one friend who's an actor and um, well, I have a lot of friends that are actors, but this is like one person that just like hit me up and I had a question about something and we were texting back and forth and I mentioned it to him and he said, wow, the only thing I remember about that movie is it was the same week that the Colin Farrell sex tape came out. Oh, bulls-eye. <laughs> bulls-eye. I had no idea. And I, I also didn't know that it existed but I was like, wait, what? Hold on. I didn't know who? that
0: existed either. Okay. I'd
1: watch him have sex. <laughs> I'd be curious. Aaron, I got a question for you because you do have a lot of friends who are in the acting profession. How do they feel about the concept of us watching probably not their proudest moments and having fun at their expense? Maybe not them specifically, but like the concept that this exists.
2: Yeah. You know what's funny is that I think that everyone that's been in the performance space has created projects or been a part of projects that they know are not like their top tier best effort or it turned out a way that they don't really love. And a lot of creatives also have this experience where it's like you have one idea how it's going to go. And then there's like 15 other people. And the idea completely changes. I have friends who are filmmakers that even when they had films coming out and Zach was telling me, you guys might want to do an episode. And I was like, "Ooh, you guys should hold off on that. Like, wait for a second, because this movie just came came out and my filmmaker friend created it and he's going to be really salty and like sensitive for like at least a year until he can look back and be like okay that wasn't my best work. So, I think there's a period of time where it's kind of like it's you got to be careful about that, but then after that it's like, you know, people are going to have opinions and and they experience that constantly cuz their their shit gets reviewed, you know? So, you have to constantly have to deal with other people's opinions about stuff. So, I don't know. I think that the fact that this exists and it's going to continue to exist, <laughs> it's just par for the course at a certain point.
0: God willing. <laughs>
3: yeah. That was up in the air somewhat.
0: One thing that I walked away
3: from. Like Ben Affleck walked away from Jennifer Garner <laughs> in the director's cut.
0: In the director's cut, but not in the original. Was trying to think of Aaron how did you experience the scene where Ben decides I'm going to go walk after Jennifer Garner? Cause she didn't give me her name and then essentially assaults her just to get her name as he is exhibiting i think what we called extreme toxic masculinity
2: it's weird to watch now like the first note that i wrote about this film is that this movie made in 2003 feels like it was made in 1993
1: (laughs) 20 cb yeah we actually discovered a loophole in the 21st century
0: that
3: (laughs) 2003 actually comes before 1998 in the timeline
0: 2001 and 2002 are the 21st century but 2003 is the 20th century. Yeah. yeah.
2: That totally makes sense because like there was a lot like that moment was weird. There was also a lot of like, like, was this movie racist? Like there were moments where I was <gasps> like, yo, how is that in here? Aaron.
0: Aaron. So Coolio's in the director's cut. Maze, please. You're the one that watched it. I don't know why I'm saying it. I didn't watch it. Take it away.
3: So there's a tangential plot that involves Coolio being framed for killing a prostitute where he was passed out an alley so full of THC That he would have gotten Staten Island high. He wakes up with his gun. The cops arrest him. You know, cut and dry. Coolio killed the prostitute. Game over. But we find out that it's an elaborate ruse. And that the prostitute was actually leaking information. And so she was murdered. And then they framed Coolio. And Coolio's in court. He's getting deposed. And he's explaining that he's never owned a handgun. So, how could he possibly have killed this woman because he never owned a handgun? Shotguns are much better. You can shoot with a wider shot and you can hit more stuff. Yeah. Eventually, we find out, due to some guy's cufflink that says, wow, that he's the one who organized the murder. Coolio is innocent. At the very end, Coolio gets off. He's innocent. And John Favreau is awkwardly dapping him. And Coolio says, if you need anything, Come down to 117th Street. I got you.
1: Now, Maze, obviously, Coolio is the guy who, playing the role. What was the name of the character that he played?
3: Dante Jackson.
1: So the blackest
0: name that the director and writer could.
3: Dante Jackson. Yeah.
0: Dante
2: Jackson. Jericho action Dante
3: Jackson.
0: This movie's incredibly racist. Incredibly offensive to blind people. Oh, my God.
2: Yes, Totally. And also like as a Latina, the the line where he's like, oh, this was that her name sounds like a Mexican appetizer. I was like, yikes. Also, she's Greek. So I was like, mind blown. Hold up. And then the, right after that, there was like a second racist joke, like right within two minutes of the of the Mexican joke. I was like, yeah dude what is going on here like this would never ever fly it felt like the 89 batman was better than this movie and i cannot believe that this was made in 2003 it really shocked me to be honest i was like yo
1: to be clear Aaron's (coughs) saying that the 89 batman was more politically correct (laughs) than the 2003 post 9-11 daredevil yeah it's, she's not
0: wrong. I
2: stand by that, yeah. though. <laughs> to
0: be fair, though, giving a Greek family the last name Nachos was confusing.
2: Well, they didn't give that. This is all in Marvel lore, right? So these characters are real characters written by someone else. But the, the commentary, that, that joke didn't have to be in there.
1: Right. It's. <laughs> I mean, like, this is my thing. Why... It's not the Bible. Why are we so... Like, oh, no, it has to be that name. Can't give her a different Greek name. No, no Electro's name is Nachos. Like, I don't understand why they are so determined to stay true to the canon on something that is fairly, like, insignificant, but are willing to change things. Like, like if we, like, we care about canon, Daredevil doesn't get blind as a child. Right? Daredevil gets blinded as a grown-ass man.
3: Yeah, and they changed... His dad's boxer nickname to the devil yeah. so that we that's where we get Daredevil from is AJ Soprano daring him and then the dad being named the devil.
1: It's just crazy to me the the things that will be really dogmatic about like this has to be exactly as it was as it was written by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby or whoever the hell wrote it.
2: Did Stan Lee write Daredevil?
1: No, but like he gets an executive producer credit. He gets all to show up. I'm so yeah. sick of him showing up in these movies. No, I'm not really sick of it. Stop, stop saying, it. saying that. I worked well, Stan I mean, Stanley.
2: I, guess, I also worked for Stan won't. Lee.
1: That's gonna be tough. So yeah, we, can't, yeah, yeah. we can't.
2: We can't. We can't talk Can We shit do the about Tupac Stan? hologram. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there should be a Stanley hologram in all the MCU like, movie movies. Yeah, he had to Man. know.
1: As it was, you know, he's getting older. He had to know, look, I'm not going to be here forever. So did he just dress up every day, something different and just shoot a scene? They
0: just film a scene? That's actually not
1: a bad idea. Yeah. Like Tupac.
2: As far as I know, there was some stuff like that. That was some discussions that were being had towards the end. Um, And I don't know all the details, but I know that people, I have friends that worked for him that it got so complicated and messy that they like, they were out. So um, I think, you know, that's another that's a whole another conversation. But like profiting off someone's image when they're gone, like the consent involved, you know, what is OK and what's not OK. It's just a whole thing when you're that big of a celebrity, you know, and it's crazy that like we have the technology to like that's even a conversation, you know, it's kind of wild.
1: You, you work with him directly or just kind of for his company?
2: Yeah, so I worked for POW Entertainment. I did their video content. So went like LA Comic Con and stuff like that, which was kamikaze at the time, I was doing their in house video content and interviews and stuff like that. So yes.
1: How many times a day would he say the word Excelsior?
2: <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never? Never. Well, he wasn't like the direct, like he's, he was old at that point. So he wasn't Never like my direct, kids. like producer, or he wasn't like giving notes on things like that. Like it was just more of like when I went into the office, he was there and. But he wouldn't say like, Excelsior,
1: let's get this started. Excelsior, Aaron's Excelsior. here today. Excelsior, would you like some Subway? <laughs> <laughs> Excelsior, you know, I can't have pepperonis. <laughs> excelsior damn it my (laughs) prostate's acting up again
3: (laughs) pull up the excelsior spreadsheet for me so i can see the numbers
0: that's that reminds me of when i worked for the oakland raiders doing merchandising for them and in retail al davis came to one of the stores once did you work for the
1: oakley raiders
2: (laughs) i got that
0: i went from the raiders to oakley you dick Uh.
2: The Oakley Raiders.
3: He went from the Oakland Raiders to raiding the Oakley store after hours.
0: Yeah, don't get mad because I got seventy five percent off on Oakley 75? sunglasses.
1: Seventy five percent off. Good and, lord, and
3: that it, just shows it, you how freaking inflated the prices oh, are. My god, ridiculous. By
1: the way, every time, every time I imagine Zach working at Oakley, I always imagine you on your lunch break going to Johnny Rockets with a pair of rapper with a pair of rappers. No, you He's get over the over-the-tops and walk top.
0: through the mall, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coolest guy there. Coolest guy in the Sacramento mall.
3: Speaking of sunglasses, what did you think, Aaron, whenever Ben Affleck took his glasses off?
2: I mean, uh, first of all, the glasses bothered me. They just seemed
1: <laughs> just in century general. Century.
2: Like, very dated. Um, Yeah. But, okay, you know, I didn't really have that many thoughts about when he was wearing the glasses themselves, but I will, that first shot of him at the church when they take the mask off and you see his face for the first time as an adult, I was like, whoa, now that's the Ben Affleck that should be hitting on 19-year-old girls on Raya.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
0: Not,
2: Not the one now.
0: Not grizzled, bloated Ben Affleck with five o'clock shadow.
2: Because that's the image that I have of him. You know, I have like the one now from like that viral TikTok video. And I was like, oh shit, that's what he used to look like. Whoa.
1: Wait, <laughs> even as his eyes were all cross eyed and staring off into space, you're still like, humana, a humana. <laughs> He's a good looking guy.
2: He has a beautiful face. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what I couldn't stop thinking about today? He really does look like Paul Rudd, like a little bit. A little bit. Does, no, this is no, <laughs> this is no, this is racist. No, this it's is. Slow uh, down, Bobby no. J.
3: He's
1: white. He's Ben Affleck. No, this is not <laughs> at all. I do think that all. Ben
3: Affleck does look pretty much like the most generic white dude you could draw up. Like if you were if you were creating a white man in a lab, yeah, he'd be Ben Affleck, but good looking.
2: Yeah, like a hot white guy. Yeah, right.
0: That's why. So he's hot.
1: Y'all think he's hot?
0: I mean, look, he's not bad looking.
3: Like he's a yeah. He he was good looking.
1: He went through
3: the dating catalog. I mean, like
1: yeah. All power to him. But I'm just saying, he looks like Joe from fucking Family Guy with that
3: big block chin. Also
1: racist. No,
3: isn't Joe like the best looking guy on Family Guy?
0: I mean, he's gonna say Cleveland.
3: No, uh, uh,
0: (laughs) Jerome, the owner of the bar. (laughs) Racist. (laughs) Um. No, Aaron, we, when we watched Reindeer Games last episode, the, <laughs> the whole start of the movie is essentially like this woman has been writing letters to his cellmate in prison. He's in prison with this guy. She, they've never the, He and this girl have never met. And so they've been writing letters back and forth, back and forth. And now they're going to get out and he's going to meet and she's going to take him to a motel and all this stuff. Well, two days before he gets out of jail, he gets murdered. And so now Ben Affleck assumes the identity of this man and meets this woman as the guy that she's been writing. And I said, look, this has to be best case scenario for what she could have imagined, right? She's been writing this prisoner. She doesn't know what he looks like. He walks out of there and it's Fleck, and whenever fucking year that was, 2002, that's best case scenario for that, right?
2: Totally. I so agree with that. I think he's adorable. Like, I think Ben Affleck is, you know, a talented... Eh. Cute dude.
0: I'll push back on the talented, but cute, I'm on. Uh, Two
3: Oscars.
2: He's a good director.
0: He is a dude. He's a good writer. He sure is a dude. He is a good writer and he's a good director.
3: The movies that he directs have been pretty Mm -hmm. good. Very good. There hasn't been nearly as many flops as in his acting career. Agreed. All right, so, Aaron, let's go through your notes. How many notes do you have here?
2: Just a few. Take
3: us through Daredevil, Aaron.
2: (laughs) All right, so. Is it in Braille? (laughs) Oh, my God. I already told you guys the first ones. Um, Also, the fighting scenes I thought were so bad with the exception of the playground. I kind of liked that one. (laughs) But the kids.
3: Very memorable.
2: The kids with the stick. I was like, this is so bad, badly choreographed. And it's not those kids fault. Like whoever was involved in that just like did a very poor job. Do you guys have thoughts on that?
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On the playground being the best fight? I'm going to say no, respectfully.
3: <laughs> At one point, Affleck has his cane up in the air and he's kind of smugly looking and he does the Agent Smith beckon, and I called him Agent Smitty.
2: <laughs> Agent Smitty. Yeah, the thing about that, like that scene in particular, is that Jennifer Garner is so talented. She's amazing, and I buy her in that role, but I don't buy him in that actiony hero type of role. Like, I could see why he got cast as like the old downtrodden Batman and not like, batman in his prime you know what i'm saying like it kind of makes sense
0: right this is batman on raya going after 19 year olds
1: yeah
2: yeah this is like daredevil not in his prime except he's actually supposed to be in his prime but (laughs) it's just not not great
1: the genesis of the meat cute is that he bumps into her asks her for the honey she says get it yourself and then he says i don't know where it is she says what are you blind and he she looks up and he's blind of course so the question i asked the guys is if you if you were blind would you use it to hit on women i'm going to flip it for you if a blind man hit on you how would you handle that situation
2: i would be perplexed as to why he wanted to hit on me in the first place
0: he smelled <laughs> you now if he smelled you before you walked into the cafe right because that's what happened with Jennifer Gardner. He smelled her, and then she walked in.
2: I don't like that.
1: <laughs> now that I think about it. There's nothing you could say as a blind guy. There's. A, I never thought about that. There's literally nothing you can say that's going to make her feel like oh. Because anything does that make you sound creepy? Like I smelt you when you walked in.
3: Yeah. Does being blind get you a get out of jail free <laughs> card for being a creep? Like, is there the social yeah, awkwardness right. of not wanting to be mean to a blind person that lets you get away with stuff?
2: I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I just think, like, from the perspective of someone that has been hit on by people, um, <laughs> I I think that general. I don't know how I would handle that situation. Yeah, none of y'all have ever <laughs> been hit on.
3: Even at Comic-Con, me and me and Zach couldn't, couldn't get hit on. I
2: meant as a woman. <laughs> none of us. <laughs> But yes as a woman I, I don't know like I just uh if a blind guy hit on me by saying that he smelt me or he felt my energy like when there's all those are all very weird things to kind of like conceptualize but I guess it'd be different if if we had a conversation
1: have you ever introduced yourself by your full name this is a question we've done several times on the podcast but have you ever said your full name when you because I I've never met anyone who's done that I've always Say, hey what's your name? I mean, and that's it. I don't say. I Amin mean, Hall so nice to meet you. I I don't do that, particularly not with someone I'm trying to be amorously involved with. Have you ever uh introduced yourself using your full name Aaron?
2: Yes, um at networking events I do use my first and last name. Why? Because I want them to remember me and I don't want them to think I'm interested in me. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
1: That's I never thought about that. That immediately kind of neuters the interaction, right? Like this is not what.
2: Yeah, it's very formal. You know, never
1: like, occurred hey. to him, not once. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just learned like a couple of Toxic months ago masculine that man, if you're you? in an elevator with a never woman, never thought of it. No, I'm just saying. I did not never know. Never once occurred to him. Like, why would she do that? If you're in an elevator with oh a woman, boy. you're supposed to get out of the elevator first.
0: I don't even know where this is going. I'm already, I'm already worried.
1: Because apparently, if you stand there and wait, it's going to make it seem like you're creepily following her to see where, what floor she's getting off of, where her room is, or whatever. So That
3: means it's going to start knocking women out of the way to get out of the elevator first. <laughs> That's what I've been doing ever since, Maze. <laughs> Amelia, you're
0: welcome. Why couldn't you just... Do the chivalrous thing of letting them off first and then, like, getting around them and going where you need to go. And
1: then sprint. I, I didn't no, say no, 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 sprint, no. you
3: dipshit. Like a psycho. When did I say sprint? And then you do the Michael Sarah, you're like,
0: Bye. just get around them, walk a little faster. Sprint,
1: yeah. Let them get out. And then to put them at ease, sprint away from them. Like, were you saying, Bolt? Oh, my God. Better yeah, put on some rollerblades and just a palo (laughs) onto way down the hallway like (laughs) with that helmet that's kind of like curved.
3: Aaron, talk to me about Bullseye, Colin Farrell in this movie. He's introduced throwing darts in Ireland just while chugging a beer, and then he's off to the races from there. I
2: was completely mystified by his involvement in the storyline because it seemed very minuscule and kind of random, and there wasn't like a great introduction for this character. About, I mean, why are they here? That's a great question. It, it really confused me a lot. Does, does anyone catch anything that I didn't catch? I don't He's know.
3: literally just a hired assassin. Just a, yeah, that's all I know. He's a hired gun, or I guess a hired blade. He's out there in Ireland. He's a hired dark. has got him on speed dial, so you can just call him on the Nokia, you know?
0: For a movie that had so much exposition about everybody else. Right. To not explain who he was or anything, just like, get me bullseye. And then, hey, he's throwing darts and chugging beers, like, and listen to House of Pain.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that really kind of confused me about the situation, would love to hear your guys' take, is the scene in the bar when he throws the needles at the guy. Oh,
3: the the paperclip shards,
0: yeah. So, Amin didn't catch us either. He had the paperclip. Do you see that? No. Okay, so he pulls a paperclip as, like, a magic trick, and then he straightened it and then oh, yeah, I saw that. broke yeah. off the little pieces. Yeah. So that's what that is. Those are the little needles. It's the paper clip.
2: I guess I'm just really confused about what, what the point was. like
1: He's a killer.
2: Was he trying to kill this dude in the bar? And everyone's watching. Like all the extras are like. We just witnessed the murder. Would you not, as, as the director, would you not be like, okay, you guys all pretend like you're doing your own thing. So it's not as weird that this guy just walked in. And he's like murdering this dude for no reason. Right.
1: It's an excellent question I would like to know the motivations The great thing about the bullseye character Is that we learned in the trivia That he has a costume in the comics But in the movie They opted against putting him in a costume Because they wanted to keep it quote Realistic The realistic tone Mm.
3: They were going for gritty and
1: realism In this superhero movie And a carved bullseye In his forehead
3: And the ability to turn a paperclip into a deadly weapon. That was the point, Aaron, is just to show that you give that man anything he can throw, you're dead. My
1: AirPods.
2: I will say this, though, (laughs) about, like, Colin Farrell is really unnerving to watch, like, in that role. So I actually, I really liked his performance. I thought he was great. It's not, like, the best material that he had. But just watching him, it did kind of make me feel a little bit on edge. Like, oh, this guy's kind of creepy.
0: Now we had this question because when he shows up to like do the big battle scene with Elektra and uh, and Daredevil, he yells to her after her father has just been put into the ground, "Hey orphan," which is kind of harsh, right? But Amin believes yeah. that she's too old to be an orphan at this point. I agree. So what's the cutoff
2: for orphanage? Yeah, I would say. If under 18, you're an orphan, I think that orphan implies that you lost a like a parental figure. And even like a parent, like I think like after the age of 18, do your, do your parents really parent you? <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> I'll push it a little further. I say like if you're 17 and your parents are like, I think away, you're an orphan. Like, you're not an orphan at that point, man. Like you're grown. Whatever age you can start like getting a job and working, you cease to be an orphan.
0: I had a job at fifteen, so I wouldn't have been an orphan at fifteen if my
1: parents died. No. Yeah, what was your job? I worked at the Gap. Working for the Raiders? No, I worked at the Gap. <laughs> Same mall. Zach, when you worked <laughs> at the Gap, stock board. did you look? Did you look at the people who worked in Oakley like as people walking no. in slow motion? The coolest people. No,
0: in- I mean, don't be an- one day. Don't be an idiot. One day, the Oakley store wasn't there yet. Okay.
1: Uh. I. Opened the Oakley store. In the hierarchy, who was like the top of the food chain at this mall?
0: Well, for us it was Banana Republic because that's like the nice gap.
1: They had a Banana Republic and a gap at the same mall? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Got to appeal to different
3: customer bases.
2: Yeah.
0: Abercrombie was like, oh my God, these are the cool kids. These are like the the beautiful people, right? Not us mongrels in the gap like <laughs> wearing khakis. <laughs> <laughs> they make us wear shirts. Uh, all right, Aaron, what other big moments from this movie really caught your eye?
2: Well, I mean, obviously the soundtrack. I mean, who. <laughs>
3: Bangers, who
0: did this? Evanescence.
2: I just want to know. We
3: had Seether in there. I
2: want to know if there was. There probably was a soundtrack, right? Like I'm just curious. Yeah, there. Like that they sold. Like at the CD, you know. Like who was like, yeah, man, totally gonna listen to this. Oh my god, someone was like straight up on their like Nickelback, like pop punk, like really loving it. That was like the whole vibe. Of like. Every scene that had music. Moby, I wish I was Huba just like, Stank. What Fuel. <laughs> Fuel.
3: Chevelle. House of Pain.
2: How dated does that soundtrack saliva. feel? Saliva. Ridiculous.
3: Revis, not Darrell Revis. Palo Alto, one word. Yeah, it took me back. It, I mean, honestly, this movie had a lot in common with previous Cinephobe, Catwoman, mm-hmm. which also had Huba Stank on the soundtrack. So
1: scandalous. <laughs>
3: But yeah, the the double evanescence, like the two biggest oh, yeah. emotional peak moments of the film. Yeah. Being set to evanescence, the funeral and then the sandbag training montage. Why right. wouldn't it be though?
0: That's the most that's the most like emotional Dude, that's a song on the soundtrack. It's a
2: beautiful song, the one. It's a banger. America. Uh, <laughs> Actually after I saw what was after, that? <laughs> after I watched the movie what? I was googling Evan Coming from
3: means Corners <laughs> Singing songs with not the right lyrics I don't know
2: the lyrics Again, you gonna stand for this? But do you guys know uh, that that song Was like nominated for Grammys and stuff? What? Yeah My Immortal For sure Okay Yeah one million percent. That
3: song definitely... It's sad. I remembered it very, yeah. very For, it specifically. Was, I yeah. like how
2: it was, Um, you know, they used it in the saddest scene where no one was crying. Like, why wasn't Jennifer crying at the funeral of her dad?
3: Nobody cries in this
0: movie.
2: She was just like...
3: Right? Oh, there's one Affleck tear, just like in Reindeer Games. We got another That might have been a tier. raindrop, though. But somehow that's... it got out under his mask, which I didn't understand. Because <laughs> right. if you cry in a mask, it's just going to pool up. It's not going to slowly drip, so... What do I know?
2: Why was Jennifer Gardner so mad at Ben Affleck at the funeral when he was like, I'll take care of you. Us against the world, man.
3: Because in the director's cut, he walked away from her instead of having sex with her. He right. just left her on the roof. That was the last time they hung out.
0: But in our cut,
1: that didn't happen. Yeah, they, so didn't why you would include he?
2: That? That's kind <laughs> of important. I was so confused at why she was so mean to him when all he wanted to do was like comfort her and make her feel less alone.
1: Plus, he snapped at him for said, I know how you feel. She said, you don't know how I feel. I said, actually, I know exactly how you feel. My father died. To, like, <laughs> right. gang, vi- gang violence. Like, We're just a couple about? orphans cutting it up. Now, he's definitely an orphan.
2: Yes, he's an orphan.
3: Yes, And also, no exposition about his mom at all.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah,
3: when did Martha
1: die? When did Martha Daredevil die? <laughs> how did he grow up? Like, his dad died when he was 12. Well, how did he get through six years of being an orphan?
3: Blindly. Yeah, that wasn't in the comics because he got his powers when he was an adult. So they just skipped over that.
2: Yeah, that really
3: didn't
0: make
2: a whole lot of sense. Also, like that scene, that origin story was really messed up, too, by the way. Like how he became blind. I was like, whoa.
1: Yeah.
2: That's awful. Well,
0: what's more fucked up is the kids are still bullying him after he's blind.
2: Yeah. It's like man slow your roll I
0: kept it real. That really bothered me I'm like yo you that's evil shit Right there Let the blind kid go Yeah
2: but then okay so when he realized he could Like all of a sudden he could see and now he's like doing Handstands on the buildings And sliding down like rain gutters And shit <laughs> Woo-hoo! And I know this is a wild thing for me to say Considering the cinematic universe that we're in But it was just so Unrealistic <laughs>
3: mm. <Yeah. laughs> It was didn't get that willing suspension of disbelief from you, huh, Iron? No, just couldn't do it, huh?
2: Couldn't. I mean, yes, we're talking about a Marvel movie, but I was just like, no, this would not happen.
3: <laughs> For me, where it fell apart is like, no. all right, he gets he gets radioactive waste in his eyes, his brain gets electrocuted or something, he gets more powers. All right, Electra doesn't have powers. How can she jump forty five feet? Oh, she's just a fucking ninja. Bullseye doesn't have powers. His shit is that he's accurate. How is he good at hand to hand? Is he just Irish?
1: <laughs> I love that the movie is so bad that somewhere disbelief is sitting at home suspended. <laughs> it can't. It can't play. It's like, and then it gets a, a letter from like the players' association. Like we've appealed. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is so bad. You're back on the court. Like yeah. I was like, what? disbelief back in action.
2: Also, there's something else that kind of bothered me, just like you know, thematically. Is why does this movie start in a church and then the church never comes back around like it's never used again? It does. Oh it oh I blocked that part out of my memory then.
1: <laughs> it was such a long flashback. You forgot right. it was a flashback. Because you know
0: you know that's all it, it's all a flashback until he fights Colin Farrell Wait, in the church.
2: The whole movie's a flashback.
0: <laughs> like yes. a good hour and ten minutes is a fucking like,
3: flashback. <laughs> like his whole life flash before his eyes oh my god i never
0: made
1: that connection <laughs> his literally his whole life flashes before his eyes starting when he was a kid all the way up until he's back in the church when we're back in the church he fights colin farrell and then he goes to uh after that he goes to the building to fight kingpin right and that's the movie okay that's whoa yeah. so that's wild 90 percent of the movie is a flashback i didn't yeah. <laughs>
2: that's so funny.
1: it's awesome
3: maybe when he got orphaned he ended up at the church because the priest is real familiar with them right. he's trying to get him to take confession who knows
2: yeah but okay he's
3: friends with this guy and it's because he's from hell's kitchen and this is his neighborhood
2: Well, i'm glad i have a little bit of explanation for that but that kind of bugged me <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Aaron, uh one of the themes that kept coming up was blind people you know how like in the movies when they want to know how beautiful you are they touch your face and so I asked the, the 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 fellas, could you date someone? Could you date a blind person if it meant they had to feel up your face constantly? God. Not once. Not the first meeting of like, oh, yeah, that's what you look like. But I'm talking about like, oh, I love you so much.
2: I mean, like, Zach will tell you straight up, like, after I do my skincare routine, like, you are not touching my face.
3: No touching. <laughs> like- yeah. It's I'm over.
2: really particular about that stuff. Bacteria, like it. No, I'm not a fan of like face touching in general. So that would probably not be my thing. Um, but then again, if that was your partner and you loved them, and you're like, oh, this is how they well, no, like remember, connect with me. They just met.
1: You guys just met. This isn't. Yeah.
2: But he saw her through you're his radar, rooftop. like through the rain. But he touched her face too. He did.
1: He touched her face, yeah. He touched her face, it yeah. Well, clawed so, the hell out of her face. All right, yeah. Aaron, you go
0: on, let's just call it a first date with a blind person after you've fought to give your name to him, right? That's and he says, here, I want to take you somewhere. And he takes you to a rooftop so you can see the city. And then you're like, okay, well, I got to go. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's about to start raining. When the rain falls, that's how I can see you. Are you a person you've known maybe... Best case scenario. Forty eight hours. Are you letting them keep you out in the rain on a rooftop okay. so that they can see you in that way? I'm gonna
2: tell you a story, okay? It's not my story, but it's Mariah Carey's story oh. from the meaning of Mariah, my favorite book.
0: <laughs> Hold on, this is her this is legitimately Aaron's favorite book.
2: So when she was fucking around with Tommy mottola and she was having an affair with Derek Jeter. They would make these little rendezvous, and she wrote a song about it, "The Roof," off of Butterfly, my favorite Mariah album. And wow, that was what their yes, Derek that's Jeter. the story. So she talks about how they had a glass of champagne, they finished them away. They had moe on the roof. It starts raining. <laughs> she describes her outfit in the book in detail. She's like, "I was wearing, I was serving like a a warm brown Prada Gucci. She was in designer." Boots and miniskirt, hanging out with Jeter on a rooftop. It starts raining, and they have like the most passionate, like romantic evening. So, I would say give her a
1: good (laughs) basket and an NDA. (laughs) I
2: mean, I hope that NDA went both ways, like for her sake too, being in an abusive relationship. Uh, But yeah, you know, what's really interesting is like I think you know when I think of like that, it's like the same thing. the only difference is Derek Jeter's not blind. Yeah.
0: It's not really the same thing though, because they knew each other, and this is a stranger that is claiming to be blind that wanted to take you on a roof.
2: Well, he was blind.
1: How do you know that?
2: How do you know he wasn't? Everything in his
1: behavior says he's not blind. Yeah, right. Everything in his behavior says he's blind. But he his not, eyes including, say it. Including, including how he met I met him, right? Right. If you go, if like you said, to do the math, you're like, no, this dude's not blind at all. He's just a creep, walks around with a with a walking stick. Right. <laughs> Any other notes of
0: note for you, Aaron, before we get to the
2: submission? I mean, yes. Before we get to the end of this I podcast. Mean, yeah, what do you got? How great is Michael Duncan Clark? How much do we miss him?
1: Michael Clark, yeah. And
2: love him. I,
1: I guess we miss him a lot. We can't get his name right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duncan, Duncan, sorry. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's
2: fantastic. His voice. His voice. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. The best voice. He
1: the same note too, bro. Yeah,
2: I mean that's. <laughs> this is a very a positive note. I think he was the best part of the movie.
1: Wow. Oh, over over Favreau.
2: I always love Favreau. Who's had a more interesting career in the last 20 years than John Favreau, you know? Nobody.
3: He's
0: great.
2: He's great.
1: The scene where he's trying to like <laughs> nonchalantly stand on the staircase and he's feeling up the breasts on a statue, which by the way, it's a bird with breasts.
0: Yeah, it's, it's whatever. Weird. Rich people.
1: <laughs> but like that whole thing as he's looking around nervously, it hit me. Holy shit. He's the best actor in this whole goddamn movie. Yes.
2: He's great. But he's a, are, he's like,
1: legitimately
0: a good actor. Like legitimate. I
2: would say Jennifer Garner's good too. I mean, I bought her in that role. She crushed it. Like her arms, man. Oh my god, she looks like a superhero. I love her. Is she a superhero?
0: Apparently, she's not because she died real quick. Yeah, she but got she killed. Jumped, like
1: yeah, but she jumped like sixty feet. Like she did. That yeah, superhero esque. I don't
0: know. Aaron, we do a little segment called "Ass On, Ass Off." okay ass on is the worst acting performance ass off is the best acting performance so who is your ass on
2: my ass on for the worst acting performance is and i hate to say this because i'm sure this person has improved but it was kid ben affleck Oh. oh, Young Chicago. You wow. I know. I hate to say that. I
1: told you, Zach. God. I told you. Zach was caping for him. Oh, no. In the, in the hospital scene. I thought, thought he, he acted, acted his ass, ass off.
2: Mm, no, I wasn't. In the, in the
0: hospital scene, he was terrible elsewhere, but in that hospital scene, he was acting no. his ass off. I
2: thought the, oh the actor that played the dad was good in that hospital scene.
1: David Keith.
2: Yeah. I think he was.
1: Not Keith David.
2: <laughs> that's a, that was a hard scene. Um, and I think that the dad really sure. crushed it but no I felt bad for the little kid because I was like oh, this is just like the material that he has and you know but it was that fight scene with the stick that really I was like god this looks <laughs> so bad it's so fake like in the handstand on the roof <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for yeah. him you know so
0: okay it's
2: kid Ben Affleck
0: alright ass off
2: okay for the best acting performance I would say uh, Michael <laughs> Duncan Clark or Clark Duncan I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a chameleon.
2: What's his name?
0: <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan. Duncan yeah. Michael Clark. Duncan Michael Clark.
2: I love it. Michael Clark Duncan. Yes, he yeah. has he just has a presence. He has a gravitas. And um I just I love him. I love uh watching him in anything. So I, I really enjoyed him as this bad guy. It was fun to watch.
1: Even Armageddon? Would you like him in Armageddon? I
2: really think I've seen Armageddon.
1: The way you guys have been fucking up Michael Clark Duncan's name, it reminds me of Rick and Morty with Chad Michael Vincent. (laughs) (laughs) Chad Michael Vincent. Aaron, Golden Dumpster. This is essentially like the
0: most memorable part of the movie for you. So, Maze, do you want to give what we gave for our episode?
3: The nominees were the seesaw fight, bullseye killing the grandma on the plane with the honey roasted peanut, Coolio explaining how Buckshot works. That was just for me. That's just an exclusive one for me. Electro training with the sandbags to Evanescence. Bullseye going for an awkward kiss after stabbing Electra to death. Zach chose Dante Jackson's entire role, which he didn't get to see. But Coolio's part of this but... movie is what he chose. Amin chose the Favreau Sanford and Son joke when he jokes about how much crap they have around their office because people keep paying and sporting goods and fish and I chose the seesaw fight because yeah. come on man
2: yeah I, I think like for me it's also the seesaw fight but also I would say close second was the two racist jokes back to back because mm. why why oh I remember the second one the second one is the plane scene with the with the honey roasted peanut with the old lady Yeah, they were back to back and she makes some sort of like mulatto joke
1: Semi-colored boy. Oh, my God. that is a mulatto. A little coffee with this cream, yes. Yeah. The
2: worst part about that scene is that was completely unnecessary. Like, it wasn't even, like, a joke related to anything. Like, the other one was like, okay, I can kind of understand how someone justified that as, like, a one-liner or something. But this was completely unnecessary. That granny could have been talking about anything in the world. Why did it have to be, like, a racist opinion? That was wild. The back-to-back racist jokes that most memorable for me it's like yikes <laughs> i
1: thought it was very realistic because that's how i imagine white people talk about us all the time <laughs> now now. no comment
0: all right aaron phobe or file for the movie daredevil
2: phobe means i hated it yeah i, I mean phobe for sure <laughs> is there any chance i would say file
1: no i don't i, I don't that Aaron confirmed like she's about to hit the nuclear launch code. Like that <laughs> now, now this is gonna make it take the, off. The, this right? will
0: fire at Russia, right? This is what we're doing.
1: <laughs> nuclear war, yes, okay
2: Yeah.
0: Now, Aaron, tell us about where we can find you and find your work.
2: Well, you can find me in All the places, basically on Instagram, I'm Darling with four H's. On Twitter, I'm Erin A Darling, but I'm not That's fun there. Follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok at It's Conspiracy. Seriously, where I debunk pop culture conspiracies. And you can listen to my podcast, Hot Pizza Ass Podcast, everywhere where podcasts are played.
1: Give me one good conspiracy that you've debunked.
2: It's really hard to debunk a lot of them because a lot of the pop culture ones are like... (laughs) you know have to you have to like dig up someone's like health records but i think the best one the one that fascinates me the most people believe in is that people believe that finland doesn't exist which
1: <laughs> no that's not a, that's not <laughs> it's, a real, it's, thing. Thing on it's Reddit. a real thing no it is no, what does
2: that mean it doesn't exist some, okay, so there's a, there's a theory. They have a capital.
1: They have a flag. I know people from there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm with you on all those things. But there's a weird conspiracy that was started on Reddit as a joke, and it's been widely debunked. But some people still believe it. You can find it if you Google it. That basically what we know as Finland is a weird sanctioned fishing area that Japan and Russia wanted to keep secret. So they gave it a fake country name and the people that actually live in Finland are actually citizens of Sweden, like other countries. Like it's wild. This whole thing is crazy.
1: <laughs> I get it. It is a fishing because uh, of Finn.
2: Finland. <laughs> Finland. That's so where the Finns are. Right? right. It makes yeah. sense.
1: <laughs> the Russians, they get drunk on what? Finlandia vodka. <laughs> huh? Sure. Yeah? Isn't that Swedish? Two and do together. Yeah. I
0: think that is Swedish.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't think it's Russian. Well,
1: well, the vodka, just like this episode, is finished. Yes. Wow. All right. Well,
2: that was beautiful.
1: (laughs) It wasn't. No,
0: you don't have to compliment that. Make sure you check out Hot Pizza Ass Podcast. It's Conspiracy Seriously and at Darling with 4 H's on Instagram. Aaron, thank you so much. This has been lovely. Thank
2: you for having me on this podcast, but thank you in the negative sense for making me watch the movie.
1: Negative thank you. A negative thank you.
2: What's a reverse thank you?
1: I think it's just a fuck you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like just pretty <laughs> much.
3: <laughs> That's what that is. Get fucked.
2: Well, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jake. Jade.